Welcome back, everybody. This week, I sit down with Carlos, my good friend who is an artist, and we talk about how to tell a good story. Welcome to In Strange Company. I'm your host, Marcus Strange. I believe we're a composite of the people with whom we surround ourselves. On this podcast, I sit down with some of the most interesting humans you could hope to meet and give you the opportunity to surround yourself with some amazing people. My guests and I share insights into creating authentic and purpose-filled lives. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate the company. Hey everyone, welcome back to In Strange Country. Oh, nope, that's half the name of the old podcast. I can't do that. <laughs> Talking about limericks. Yeah, I know, right? All right, let's <laughs> let's do that again. Take two. Hey everyone, welcome back to In Strange Company. I am honored today to have an amazing guest. Uh, I'll let him introduce himself, but let me just say we're going to talk about artistry we're going to talk about finding your voice and it's going to be an amazing podcast so i am here today with carlos and carlos say hi to everybody hey everybody how are you doing awesome good job you passed (laughs) carlos informed me that he is a podcast uh expert already (laughs) he's been on several podcasts so he's gonna he's gonna do awesome but I thought, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners, tell us uh, who you are, where you're from, and then we'll, uh, we'll move on from there. Sure. Well, I grew up in Orange County, California, uh, and that's all I knew. I just knew city life. I just knew, you know, being surrounded by tons and tons of people. And um, I worked for Apple down there for 16 years. Wow. Yeah. So that was super fun started with them in 2001 when they started their retail stores and then just watching them and being part of this rebirth of Apple because it was so interesting being there and getting coached by the trainers on delivering an experience on creating something special for people and then struggling and struggling and trying to beg people to come into the stores <laughs> and now if you visit an apple store you know how different it is now yeah they're packed they're packed so they've uh tilled the land they farmed it they've built up this idea of what retail they really reinvented retail and so being a part of that being a part of that journey was just super exciting i mean i really didn't know what i was getting into when i got hired there but looking back at it now it's like oh my gosh amazing yeah. And so I would get to draw there. I would get to do a ton of things there. So I would be kind of like Bob Ross painting on the <laughs> painting, the digital Bob Ross painting on the iPad. That's awesome. Just showcasing their, you know, their tools for artists. So I got to do that. And it was just a fun experience. I got to do pretty much every role in the retail stores and go up to Cupertino and see their campus and explore wow. that part of it. But, um, I studied animation in college, so my background is in graphic design, nice. animation, illustration, and 
I do a ton of things. I'm interested in a ton of things. That's very cool. But my favorite thing is being a storyteller. Mm. I just love stories, every type of story. So when we would go visit back uh, in Mexico and, you know, hang around the fire with my grandparents, I would just love sitting there and listening to them tell their stories. And everywhere I go, I want to hear a story or see a story or be interested in people because every person has a story to tell. Yeah, absolutely. They just maybe don't know that they do or they've been beat down by life or mm. a circumstance happens and they feel like, oh, no, my story isn't special or I'm not special. And so that's what I'm interested in, storytelling. So that's why I studied animation because I love stories. And animation is just a, such an interesting way to tell a story visually. So I love that. I love storytelling and the story i've been in recently is we drove to montana on a you know road trip mm -hmm. to visit some friends because we were planning on leaving california we just didn't know where yeah and as we were driving to montana um we accidentally <laughs> got onto the Beartooth highway oh nice so we That's had no a good clue. mistake to make that is a good <laughs> mistake but we were scared you know we're california kids we're we keep driving up and up and up and we're like where is this taking us <laughs> and our car is a california jeep mm. uh which is a two-wheel drive jeep you're right yep and so we were like oh my gosh i don't think we're gonna make it and there, there was still snow up there in the middle of summer wow and we were like what is happening but as soon as we got down uh, that highway that passed and got into Red Lodge, my wife is like, we're moving here. <laughs> like <laughs> right awesome. then she knew. And I was like, okay, well, relax. Take it easy. We'll, we'll see what, what it is all about. And we went to Billings. We didn't like that that much. But then on the on the drive back, we wanted mm -hmm. to stop at Yellowstone again. And that drive into Gardner. Oh. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. Incredible. And, like, I literally heard, this is home really like this is where you belong so after years and years of being in the city and living in the urban environment you know that's all you know and then you see something like this and it's just mind-blowing yeah to know that there's this whole other world and so we decided to just pack everything up and head out to montana wow. so we never had even visited helena and then my wife selected it online and we're like, let's just do it. And we came over here and that's so cool. Just started a new story. That's amazing. That is very similar to my experience um, coming out west. I, I was actually headed from Pennsylvania to California and I landed in uh, Salt Lake and stepped off the plane. And here are these mountains just, I mean, that's as tall as can be rising up out of the middle of this valley and it just blew my mind and then you know eventually moved to Utah and Utah wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be um, from that experience I was expecting more you know natural beauty and it's it's very urban and so I just kind of that awe and that wonder was still there but it was kind of dormant and then uh, my wife and I um, the first time we came up to Montana to visit her family I don't remember, I remember driving through Idaho vaguely and everything, but the thing that stuck with me was 
the drive coming up into Helena when you crest up over the mountain and you drop down into the valley mm. that just blew my mind I, it was the most beautiful place I'd ever seen and then obviously the community here is incredible as well so yeah there's something about Montana that once you you come here you want to come back or make it home yeah this wanderlust like yeah. this call of the land to you yeah and I think certain people could hear it and certain people can't mm. for whatever reason why do you think that is I don't know I just don't know but you know everybody or maybe they do hear it but they ignore it mm. or they say that's not really like they don't know what that voice is that's talking exactly. to them. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure one thing you said earlier made me wonder what makes a good story to you you talked about how story is important to you and you love stories but what makes a good story what creates a good story yeah what comprises a good story a good story is personal mm. it's full of passion nobody wants to hear a boring story <laughs> right yeah exactly i was born here and this is what happened yeah. like i mean you can <laughs> you can still tell a good story like that but it's very hard so it's full of passion it's full of uniqueness mm. because each story is so you know different so special to you or right. to that person but they just they're afraid of telling it for some reason so i i really like sitting down with people discovering them understanding not maybe even understanding them just listening to what they've gone through because you never know what part of someone's life can help you yeah you know, on Absolutely. your journey, because I, I feel like people are map makers. Your life is like a map. You're discovering things. You start off really small. This is all, all the only place I know. Right. But then you start venturing out and then you start, oh, this is where this dead ends. And this is where I had to turn that way. And I feel like a lot of people are afraid of that for whatever reason, for going out and, and finding their story. But I mean classics like i watched the lion king lion king in theaters oh nice and it was just the new know, one or the old one? Oh, the old one okay yes good 1992 <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i i convinced my brother to going with me and you know you just sit down and you really don't know what to expect i i know i wanted to see it because i think i had the aladdin vhs mm. and they had like a preview of the lion king probably just the sun yeah and so i'm like Whatever that is, I want to go see it. <laughs> so I was sitting there in the theater, and you know that scene where where uh, Simba's like, wake up, Dad. Oh, yeah. Dad, wake up. And it's just so heartfelt and so wrenching, you know, and, and you know what's happening, but it's just a sad moment. It's the saddest, the lowest point in the movie, and everybody in the theater, you could hear them. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, recovering from that. And like those moments are special to me in my head because it's just so powerful. There's something so powerful about sadness and overcoming sadness mm. because everybody wonders, why is there sadness? Why is there darkness in life? Well, if there wasn't any of that, then you really couldn't see the light. Right. Yeah. You know, if there's none of this other, this yin and yang to life then you really don't truly appreciate like those moments when you're sitting with a buddy, when you're talking with your wife, when you're enjoying a sunset, like those moments are special because of 
the sadness that surrounds us. And so to me, like sad stories are super special or even mm. sad songs. Like you could tell a story in a song yeah. and listen to these songs and, and not dwell in them, but just allow them to show you or help you spring into the positive side of things. Because I, I feel like hu as humans, we always have this this thing to look at the negative or pick out the negative. Like right. there's this theory with if you walk into a palace and everything's beautiful, but there's one missing tile. What do you focus on? Wow. Yeah. The missing tile. Absolutely. Because that's the one thing that's bad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, let that go. <laughs> focus on the beauty around you and enjoy that and yeah. really just take that with you. So I feel that what makes a great story is it being honest, mm. it being truthful, and it being full of passion and discovering that and retelling that. Because a lot of people, I love to tell people stories. Like I love talking about people and mm. they don't even understand how wonderful their story is and how it could impact people. So that's what I look for. That's cool. You probably know this quote. There's the, the, I think it was from Stan Lee where he said that he wanted his characters to be heroes with feet of clay and villains who would have otherwise been superheroes if something had changed, like one little thing had changed. And that, that to me is what makes a good story is these people that are relatable and that have flaws and foibles and all these different things that when I, when I hear the story, I see myself in it. Or I, I feel, um, I feel hope for them, right? Like I watch, I watch this person and I think, man, like, like I want good things for you. I want you to be able to overcome this. And it, it engages you in that story. And the, the imagery that you just painted with talking about the, the light in the dark and the juxtaposition between those two things that creates beauty in the world, um, it made me think of the book to kill a mockingbird. Mm. That's my favorite book of all time. And there's that, the scene at the end, and I never made this connection until you were just talking about it. But, um, if you haven't read the book, I'm sorry, I'm going to throw out a bunch of spoilers, but you've done something <laughs> wrong in your life. If you haven't read this book by this point. <laughs> so, uh, the main character scout, her brother gets his arm broken and it's this really traumatic thing. And there's this scene where they're, and this is back in the, how was it, the 50s and like 50s and 60s, sometime mm -hmm. in that range. So, like, broken arms, a bigger deal back then. The doctors come over, everybody's gathered around. And throughout the whole story, the kids are trying to get Boo Radley, the reclusive neighbor, to come out. And in that moment where all this panic and worry and like someone's dead, this kid's arm's broken. Scout turns around and there's Boo standing in the corner. And it's this beautiful moment where everything that like the story is about, the kids trying to get this person to come out happens. And there over on this other side is this horrible thing going on. So it's that beauty and this tragedy in this one moment. And until you talked just now, I never made that connection, but that is what makes that scene so beautiful is because there is this light in this dark. And I think 
I don't know, I'm going to look for that more. And in moments where I'm like, this is incredibly beautiful. Why do I like this? I'm going to look and see, is there that, you know, that yin and yang that you talked about? That's, that's incredible. And I think I see that in your artwork too. Mm. How do you bring this idea of the light and the dark into your artwork? Well, when you study art, you, you study a lot of negative space. Okay. And so when I was studying 2D art, actually, this is where it really came through. Like, I never understood that I liked 2D art until I took that 2D art class. And it's just playing with negative space. And so negative space is kind of like that missing tile that I was talking about right, where yeah. uh, maybe the, the palace is all white and the square is black, that missing tile is black. Mm. But in this case, the negative space is the white space. It's not that black space. Gotcha. And so you're always looking for that. There's a balance to creating art. There's a balance to finding the right position for something. Like I'm, I'm looking at some of your paint paintings here, and mm, yeah. you know, is that a Rockwell? I'm guessing. It is not actually. I forget who that's by, but it does. It's very much like a Rockwell. Yeah. yeah. So there's, you know, that space around them mm-hmm. is that negative space, and so there's, it's calm, it's pleasant. There's nothing going on there, but there's a lot of days like that that are gray, you know, that are just in the background. But what's important about that picture in particular is the story that's going on between the older mentor and that younger kid, right? Right. Maybe, like, I'm already thinking he was probably a ball player when he was younger, and he's kind of giving them a tip on what to do, you know? Like, yeah. Mentors are there, but they're waiting for you to take the first step. Everybody wants a mentor. Right. Yeah. Everybody wants somebody to go, come and show them the way. And one of my favorite stories actually is uh, I love video games, video game history. Okay. But if you've ever played the original Legend of Zelda, there's really no rule book in there. You know, you start exploring, you wake up, and, and you're going about and you you venture around and you go to the next screen and you die and you're trying to figure out like what do I do with this where where <laughs> am I going and it's not until you find the cave that in that cave you discover an old man and that old man says it's dangerous to go alone take this oh and he gives you a little sword and now those stages where you were failing and couldn't get around the monsters now you have something to combat that with Mm-hmm. And so that's another way of storytelling through video games. But it's so true because you're you're out there in the world, but if you're just sitting down, if you're not taking a chance, if you're not moving forward, if you're not, you know, picking a path and just going for it, mm-hmm. which reminds me of your post, just do that thing. Yeah. Do that thing. Whatever it is that's interesting you at this moment in time, go do it. Figure out how far you can get and you'll find a mentor because mentors are there they're just waiting for someone to take initiative and if you never take initiative then the mentor is always going to be hidden from your view do you think every good story has a mentor yeah actually yeah there are mentors i mean mufasa to simba uh the genie to aladdin Mm. um yeah every true good story does have a mentor in there and even though that mentor might not even know they were a mentor, they don't even know what they've created or right. what they've 
they've um you know allowed for like i remember reading a story about this couple that adopted this kid because his parents died and then that couple never really knew what they've done they just raced this boy Mm. but then that boy became something special that's amazing you know and and they they don't they maybe died and they didn't know and they didn't know that his life was amazing because of them yeah because all they did was raise a boy and you know poured their heart into him and then allowed him to continue on to his journey and nobody remembers that couple right everybody remembers what this boy did that turned into a man that created something that did something amazing like steve jobs i I love steve jobs i love apple and his adoptive parents his his dad was a carpenter um in the off time and in the garage he would work on projects and then uh steve jobs was watching him one day he's like dad why are you sanding and painting the inside of the the cabinet Mm. no one's ever gonna see that and his dad said i'm gonna see that i'm gonna know that inside that cabinet i didn't sand that wow and so he took that lesson in everything he did and he knew that the packaging was important that the storytelling was important that every piece of a design was important not just what people see or interact with but the behind the scenes and so he had that mentor you know these parents who didn't have a kid and they wanted a boy and and his um uh, biological parents said you guys can't have them because you guys didn't go to college Mm. and the requirement is for whoever adopts our our son has to be a college graduate and they begged and they begged and said we'll send them to college we promise you and they did they did send them away to college and then steve Jobs says well i know that my parents couldn't afford this for me so that's why i only stayed one year or two because i knew i really wasn't getting as much out of it as they were spending into it gotcha but that makes sense yeah interesting story yeah who have been some mentors in your life well mentors in my life i always look for different things you know Mm -hmm. um but in each stage of my life i've had somebody and growing up um so i was born in mexico came to Orange County when I was like one and a half, one years old. So that's all I knew. But in our house, we just spoke Spanish. Gotcha. It was just Spanish, Spanish, Spanish. And when we got into school, it was just Spanish. Um, And they called it ESL, English as a Second Language. But they focus on the Spanish and then they dribble into English. Gotcha. And so I had a very hard time communicating, you know, growing up when I was younger because I didn't know the language. Right. So... I was in school and I was, I've always been interested in art. And one teacher, one of my teachers, she chose my drawing and she said, Carlos, you're an artist. And I remember that. I remember those words. Wow. I remember that language. And then it for me was easier to, to draw, to communicate, right. Than trying to speak. And then, um, we moved around to a lot of schools, but I, I always remember her. I remember her choosing my my drawing and her telling me, 
Like you have a gift. You're an artist. And books. Oh my gosh, books. My dad read so much. And maybe I always wanted to be closer to my dad because he was a very quiet person, a very reserved person, kind of hard sometimes, impatient sometimes. But I always wanted a connection. Mm. So I saw him reading. I'm like, oh, I should read too. Yeah. And so like we never had money, but he would allow me to buy books. So that's cool. I would always get a book, you know, like when the book fair came and they give you the book. <laughs> yeah. And I would be like, oh, my gosh. And it was just amazing. And my best friends and mentors were always in the library. I'd go in there like any new um, school that we that I'd get into. Mm-hmm. I'd go find the library and just discover this whole new world, you know. And when when I in fifth grade, like I knew that I had an issue with speaking English. Mm. It was just so hard for me. And my teacher, she's like, Carlos, you got to learn English way better because it's going to hold you back. Mm. And you're really good in math. Like, I love math. I love art. I love a lot of things. And she's like, the numbers you're good at. But when I tell you subtract something, you don't understand it unless you see it. Yeah. And so I was beginning to see, like, okay, this is going to hold me back. And in sixth grade, my teacher's like, you know what? You got to make a choice. You could continue with ESL in California. You could go ESL all the way through high school graduate with esl but your reading level and your your um um speaking level with english is maybe you know half the grade that you're in so if you're in 12th grade you're maybe sixth grade level Mm, it's just that hard to really learn the language but she said you gotta make a choice because this is what's gonna happen and so she forced me and I'm, I'm so appreciative. Here's another mentor. Because if I hadn't, like, I know I would have been limited in life. I would have kept my accent, and my Spanish accent or Mexican accent. But, yeah, so grateful that it all came through these mentors. This, this, and sometimes the mentors are, are harsh on you. Sure, yeah. You know? <laughs> But that's what they do, like Kill Bill, like that mentor with the long beard. Yep, yeah. And he's like, no, like you're going to suffer because that's what it takes sometimes. Yeah. Like one of my biggest mentors is my two wrestling coaches, and there's a yin and yang. One was all love. Like if you didn't have money, I remember I tried out for the football team. And um, I've always been athletic and sporty, but I never played organized sports, just gotcha. street ball and wherever we could, you know, get a, lot a of football in. in the streets. Exactly. Yeah. Street or like sneak into the high school field and go play <laughs> play some football. Even though they fenced it off and they were growing the grass, we jump in there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just to get a game in, you know? Yeah, you got to. You have to. And so I went and I tried out for football and and the the coach is like, What position? I had no clue about positions. I'm like, I play every position. What are you talking about? Like, I do it all, man. Yeah, I do it all. I'm good. <laughs> and they're like, all right, well, maybe. And then uh, and then I was like feeling more and more dejected. And and then um, he's like, well, it's $25, you know, to pay for the uh, for the thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, we don't have any money. Like, how, are we, how am I going to do this? So then I was like trying to figure out a solution. And I went up to the coach. And I'm like, hey, coach, can I work? You know, can I do something? 
so that I could get on the team. It's like, well, you could clean and you could, you know, do things and then um, you could earn those $25. So I'm like, okay. So I would go to practice and he'd have me cleaning, but the guys would be in practice and they'd run by me and laugh at me and like mm. call me names or whatever. And I was like, what am I doing this for? This is, this is pointless. Like I want to be on the field practice and then maybe work over afterwards or come in before like don't single me out right yeah let me be part of the team and then allow me to work so he just wouldn't do it he's and then i went and and i'm like coach i, I just can't you know and then he's like i knew you were gonna quit and i'm like all right whatever and i left so i didn't want to join sports that was my freshman year but then my sophomore year this wrestling coach he was like if you want to be here, if you want to be in this room, I'll find a way for you. And so he'd go out and raise funds and he'd pay for our fees and he'd, you know, um, buy us our shoes, even if they were used shoes, like he'd make it work. Yeah. All he cared about was that you showed initiative, you showed up to practice and you didn't quit. And he, have you ever seen that um, McFarlane USA movie? I haven't watched it. But I'm, I, I know the movie you're talking about. Yes. So it, he's very similar. White guy came into this 98% Hispanic, you know, community, high school. And and he just cared for us. He, like, really cared for us. If we didn't have money because we would go to tournaments to, like, buy food because we didn't think of that because our parents didn't care about sports. In the Hispanic community, it's not – I mean, maybe soccer is important. But <laughs> other than that, it's like – go work you know co contribute to your family yeah don't go to sports that's just taking time away from from you making money yeah so um we didn't have money and we couldn't ask our parents because they wouldn't give it to us anyways so he would like you know pay for us and and he'd help us out and and just so encouraging and then he found this other coach who wrestled at oklahoma state to, and and he you know, got him to come over to to that school and, and just show us, like, the techniques that we needed because this coach had a lot of passion, but he didn't really know a lot of the techniques. He just cared for the athletes. But this other coach from Oklahoma State, like, you know, nationally ranked, he showed us all the techniques that we needed. Mm -hmm. So these two mentors in my life going through high school really, like, looking back, show that, all you really have to do is care and and really you know the one coach coach silva who's the oklahoma state wrestler he would make us work <laughs> in the wrestling room it was it was not no water you guys can't have water you know and and that team won the cif championship wow that year so it was this huge accomplishment in the school's history, and now it's a solid, like, if you want to wrestle in Santa Ana, California, you go to either Santa Ana High School or you go to uh, Calvary Chapel, which is a private school. So those are some mentors in my life. Well, remind me not to get into a wrestling match with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, that story is so powerful. It's heartbreaking. I mean, I that just, like... I've coached youth sports um, for a large part of my life, and to to think about you know a coach treating you that way just 
that, mm. that really breaks my heart because I think that at that young age, the opportunity to send a person, you know, in one direction or another, I mean, it's, you know, the smallest thing can send you down this path that, again, goes back to that, you know, s- villains are, are superheroes who just had one thing go wrong in their life. And, uh, I mean, I'm glad that you had good mentors and good coaches who, who helped you um, to become the amazing person that you are. I guess what, what I'm wondering is for those kids who are just like, just, you know, continually being pushed down and they don't have, you know, someone stepping in and showing positivity in their life. What's, what's the message to those kids? The message is ignore the world, Mm. (laughs) you know, okay. Go do what you're going to do because if you're going to listen to people putting you down, and my dad would always put me down, mm. and that one coach put me down, but if I would have stayed and listened to them, then where would I be? Yeah. So ignore that world, not the entire world, that world that they're forcing you into, and just follow your passions. Keep doing what you're interested in. Every one of us is unique. Yeah. So there's something that's sparking inside of you and maybe you're afraid to follow it because somebody said that you couldn't do this or that you couldn't do that. But it doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares what people say? It's what you're going to do. And so in me following what I wanted to do, that's how I discovered wrestling through another friend because me and him we would talk and, you know, I draw and he was an artist and and you know, what if I had stopped drawing because everybody told me, oh, you can't do this other thing. Like, because of art, I found this friend and that friend introduced me to wrestling and introduced me to that coach. So keep doing what you're interested in and along the way, other things will open up. Mm. Don't worry about what happens when you get a no, right? Like, if there's not a door there, build one. And it might not be the direct path that you were hoping for, right? What's that one meme that they show? It's like what what we think oh, yeah. <laughs> life is. And then it's like what real life is. Like a six-year-old tried to draw a picture. It's just lines everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's life is messy. Yeah. It's no one has had an easy life in the history of Earth. No one. Even those people born into privilege or born as kings and queens, they've had their life controlled. Yeah. Their entire life from wake up to sundown. Yeah. It's all been controlled. Oh, you can't love that person. You can't do this. Oh, you you like cars? Who cares? You're not going to be a mechanic. Yeah. You know, imagine all the amazingness they could have created maybe inventing a new engine but because they couldn't because their family said no you're going to be doing this now we don't have that yeah wow that makes me think of this idea that i heard on another podcast where they were talking about you you get to determine basically everything that you are going to put your energy into you can put your energy into worrying about what other people say about you, 
or what other people tell you you can't do or you can put your energy into what makes you passionate and what is exciting to you and what is fulfilling to you and that's that's the one thing that nobody else can control every that you know there's so many other facets of our lives that can be controlled by other people and other things and other outside sources but if we spend our life blaming other things and other people for where we are at we're missing we're we're letting those things control us and we're missing the point of life the point of life is to be able to ignore all the static around us and just focus on the thing that's singing in our soul and yeah i mean it's so hard to do though it <laughs> like, is it's it, it i mean i remember as a as a young kid being told oh you're not artistic and so i grew up thinking i'm not artistic and you know i i am not artistic in that i can sit down and draw an amazing um picture like you can and tell a story that way but i am artistic with my camera and with these podcasts and there's different areas in my life where i'm artistic and i'm i'm really glad that as i got older i realized that i was letting other people control the way i saw myself and outside things outside of my control i was putting way too much energy into that and when i stopped sending my energy there and i started sending my energy into i am artistic let's figure out how i am artistic uh this whole other part of myself opened up in this whole new world because we're referencing disney stuff in this podcast opened (laughs) up and yeah and so i would i would say to the kids if there's a child listening to this and they're being put down um kudos to or yeah kudos to everything carlos said but also you get to choose where you put that energy and you can direct it towards becoming the person that you want to be and it's hard but you can do it yeah that story of the two wolves right each of us has two wolves yep so there's this negative wolf there's this wolf that you know takes all the beatings takes all the pain Mm -hmm. and then there's this other wolf that's full of passion that's full of excitement but which wolf is going to live and the answer is the one that you feed yeah the one that you put your energy into like you're saying that's the one that's going to overcome because all of us have overcome things and and you can too everybody can that's that's the beauty of being human yeah. overcoming the beauty of humanity is that when our metal is tested when there's a huge challenge in life you find a way you find a way to move forward to keep going to feed those passions yeah and discover new doors and new pathways yeah, um, there's this huge um, TED, TED talk that this guy talks about school. If you're in kindergarten and you ask everybody, who here is an artist? Every hand shows, shuts up. Oh, interesting. Who here is a dancer? Every hand shoots up. You know, when, when you're small, you could do anything. You're passionate about so many things. And, and there's a, a verse in the Bible that if you can't, be like a child you can't enter heaven Mm. and i think that's very powerful but there's so many interpretations of it but my interpretation is you're like a child when you see life and the world 
with uniqueness, Ooh. with with beauty, like with possibility, with excitement. Yeah. Because if you don't, if you listen to the negative side, you know, there's another great book called Outwitting the Devil. And the devil, it's it's like this, this it's uh, Napoleon Hill, but he has an interview with the devil and the devil's like, oh, I exist in everywhere. The negative part of the atom, that's me. You know, when you're, when you think hmm. negative thoughts, that's me. And so it's so true because who's the, who's our worst critic? Always ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. We stare ourselves in the mirror and we tell each other ourselves. We tell ourselves, you can't do this. You're awful at this. Remember that time that you tried this and this happened? Man, like, be good to my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With, geez, like, and we always have this inside of us. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's overcoming that and passing through that. And back to this TED, TED Talk. By fifth grade, if you ask people, are you an artist? One or two hands. Mm. You know, are you good at math? One or two hands. Are you a dancer? One or two hands. They've beaten every part of you down Yeah, that you were excited about. Because I'm sure you were excited about art somehow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, up until probably I was six or seven, I was drawing all the time like crazy. And I was... I was making comics and all these different things and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And yes. then I I don't know what happened over time just Well, here's what happened. Oh, yeah. Have you heard the four agreements? I have heard of it. I haven't read it. So one of them is the magic of words. Okay. There's magic in words. Somebody said to you you're not an artist or you're not good. Mm. Or whatever and that convinced you. It enchanted you to believe it mm, that's so sad <laughs> it is Bec and there's so much power in words there is especially when we're young especially where we're in that tipping point mm. you know that beginning point where you're thinking should i continue with this or not and somebody breaks it and just undermines you and and you've found a way to do the podcast to do the instagram to do your writing and, and find your voice and you found a way and everybody finds a way yeah and when they don't then that's the saddest part oh it's so sad yeah i i see people particularly people later on in life and they say oh the, the one comes to mind specifically was um this person said recently like oh i guess i'm always going to be in pain i guess i'm always going to be out of shape i guess i'm I'm, you know, I'm in my sixties. It's too late for me. And what, what I wanted to say was, no, it's, it's never too late to live a better life, to chase your dreams, to do the things that, that bring you joy because you only have this moment and this moment and this moment. And the second that, I mean, we're constantly moving into the future and the past is disappearing behind basically everything behind us never existed i mean it's it's gone for all intents and purposes all my whole past could be a blank slate and it would it would still have the same effect of like what do i want to do with this next moment of my life and that that to me was where i i had this change in my mindset of 
okay, so what? I wasn't, you know, I'm not super artistic according to what other people are telling me, but that's in the past. And what do I want to do with this moment? Do I, do I want to see myself as someone who has beauty to put out into the world and something to leave behind? And whether that's now I'm starting to dabble in poetry and all, all these different layers are starting to add on to that creativity that I didn't think I had. And it's just, it's a reframing. If we reframe the way we think about so many things, it gives us the power to step in to these amazing parts of ourselves that we didn't know were there. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So you had to enchant yourself again Yep. and tell yourself that you are an artist after for that enchantment lasted in your life for years yeah and then you finally broke through yeah so it's it's awesome to see and again it comes back to the negative and the positive right yin and yang yeah you know if you would have not gone through that you know stage of negativity when it comes to art you wouldn't have seen this beauty in this thing that you're doing now and these words that you're writing now in this poetry that you're creating, in these podcasts and interviews that you're having, the this artistic expression that you're going through, yeah, it wouldn't be as beautiful had you not had that. Yeah, absolutely. And what I would say to people who are struggling or scared to put themselves out there, it can be something super, it can be very little. It doesn't need to be something big. You just take that first little step. I remember this was a while ago, and, and some people might not notice it, but at the beginning of my podcast, I start off with the sound of a record player starting and the needle scratching across the record like it's kind of dirty and broken. And that was, that was my kind of baby step into this creative side because I love records. I love vinyl and I love the sound of it all. And so that was my little my little homage to myself and that love that I have. And it was, I remember doing it. I remember pulling the sounds together and I couldn't find the specific sound that I wanted. So I was like, Oh, I can go grab this sound from over here and I can grab this sound from over here and we'll marry these two together and it'll make the sound that I want. And then I put that at the beginning. So it sounds like at the beginning, this record is playing. And then at the end, it sounds like a record kind of, you know, scooting off the vinyl and that was my little piece of art that I created. And I remember at the moment just being filled with this joy of like, look what I've created. And it was nothing big. It was something very small. And that's what I would say to other people is find those little moments, those little victories that you can find in cre in being creative and take those and then take one more and then take one more. And eventually whether it's dancing or music or art or poetry or writing or whatever it might be, if you just take these little moments, eventually you're going to build something big and beautiful that is either just for you and, and that's great or it's for the world. And that's amazing as well. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Everybody's afraid to make that first step. The hardest step is the first step, right? Yep. But the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Oh, I love that quote. Yeah. It just, you just have to start and everybody's afraid to start. And here's another mentor of mine, uh, Sean West. Um, Sean McCabe is his name, but on online he's Sean West. And um, he wrote this book called The Overlap Technique. And it talks about how to find your passion, how to create a business while working full time. Wow. That is a skill. 
it's yeah it's a skill and it's so good but one of the things he says is people are so afraid to start because they think and this is where the bad thinking comes into place they think if i spend two years trying to do this thing what if it's not that thing i don't want to waste two years on doing this then to realize that that's not what i really was meant to do and he says what people miss is that by doing that thing by starting on that thing that's how the other thing comes into play Mm. but everybody is waiting to find the perfect discovery the perfect idea the perfect thing and then moving forward and guess what people spoiler alert (laughs) you're not gonna find it yeah until you start walking until you start doing something whatever it is that you're interested in podcasting writing whatever it is start doing that thing and then you'll get the discovery of the other things then you'll get the mentors then you'll get you know whatever it is that you're gonna discover down the line because I guarantee you, whatever you choose first, that's not going to be the thing either. Mm, yeah. But that's okay. That's like your trial period. That's, you know, the the moment in Hercules when he's training and he's trying to discover if he's going to be a true hero. Yeah. And those things, you know, his thing isn't going to be punching that statue every day. Yeah. That's not his thing. His thing is going to be, you know, bigger. But you start with something. Yeah. And then you move forward and you and you find another thing and then thing number five which is really gonna be your thing that doesn't you have no clue about that yet right but you'll never get to thing number five if you don't start with thing number one yeah absolutely i I had this conversation with my wife because she just started her own business a couple years ago and i don't remember how long ago this conversation was but she she asked she's she said what if i fail and I said, if you failed, then you learned how to do better in your next business because life, and, and this is one of the things that I, I think we need to be careful about with stories is sometimes with a story, we get focused on the destination and the end and the, the resolution of that story. But in reality, life, life is just a continual process and there is no end. You're mm-hmm. not, you're not, there's no, there's no goal you're working towards. Even if you're say an Olympian who's trying to get to the games, that's just a, a stop along the path in their progression as a human being. And yes, like we have these, these waypoints and these pit stops. And I think stories are actually just a, like a microscope, microscopic view of one person's pit stop in their, in their whole story. That's progress of life. Um, and so I think, I think the, the cautionary thing for me anyway, is to not get fixated on the end because there really is no end. It's just a a continual progression. And so as we try new things and as we fail at things, because inevitably, inevitably we're going to fail. I don't know a single successful person, even Steve jobs. I mean, going back to him, how many times did he fail? And there was all that turmoil with Apple and all these. He got fired. He got fired. From the company he created. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And if you you were looking at like, okay, did Steve Jobs like go from point A to point B? I would say he never in his life actually got to point B. 
And I think that if he were here with me and Carlos, he would stay that he was never trying to get to point B. He was just loving all this space in between point A and this fictitious point B way off in the distance. And I think that if we as people, and I talk about this a lot in podcasts and in my writing, but if we focus on the process, that those are the people that are truly, truly happy. And while stories, obviously we're here talking about stories and telling stories, we, we need to be careful to not get fixated on a story that has a very definite beginning and a very definite end because that's actually just a snapshot of the person's whole progression or people's whole progression. Absolutely. No, that's a great call out. Um, the reward, you know, the journey is the reward. Mm-hmm. It's not your beginning. It's not your ending. Like you said, it's temporary anyways. Yeah. But that journey enjoy the journey yeah gosh darn it you're here (laughs) you know you're in this room you're in this moment enjoy it yeah and if if it's not the room you want to be in guess what you get up and walk out yeah you could go to another room yeah that's okay life is this amazing journey this amazing you know adventure Really, it is an adventure. Yeah, it is. For millennia, humans have just had adventures. It's only recently that we've been having enough food that we didn't need to go on a hunting adventure. We've had enough warmth that we didn't need to go on a find warmth adventure. Yeah. You know, we're so complacent now sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it's easy to forget that our ancestors. You have you ever seen that picture of the wolf and then this little chihuahua? Yes, I and love it's like, that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if our ancestors would look at, you know, somebody that's just scanning Instagram, sitting in the couch, and you know, not living their life, they'd be like, "What happened?" Yeah, we spawned that. That's our, you know, that's what happened to us mm-hmm. as humans. It's crazy to think about, but life is an adventure find the passion even if it's a temporary passion and fail yeah don't look to fail strive as hard as you can but in failure another thing that failure could teach us is hey maybe that's not the thing that we want to do yeah and that's that's as great as discovering the thing that you do want to do because it's just redirecting you and you're like okay that isn't the thing let's try to find something else Let's try to do something else. And I remember I was struggling in wrestling and my coach, Coach Clab is his name, the one that just loved every person that stepped into the wrestling room. And we were at a tournament and I was like, Coach, I suck. I'm a loser. (laughs) You know, I am like that other coach, that football coach was right. I'm a quitter. And he's like, Carlos, it's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay But guess what? If you walk out, if you leave today and you don't try again, then you'll never really know. Because I had already lost, I think it's, you know, brackets and I had already lost it. So I couldn't win the championship for that tournament. But he's like, just, you know, you're in the losers bracket. That's all they call it. But you can still test yourself. You can still see how far you can get. And that was the first tournament I placed. I placed third place. Wow. And I was like, oh, my gosh, there is, you know, a reward in the end mm. for all the sacrifice, all the pain, all the suffering that you go through in sports. 
and cutting weight is no joke. And yeah. it's just, you know, <laughs> it's brutal, but there is something in the end, even if that struggle was just with yourself. Right. You know? So yeah. Failure. What if I fail? That holds so many people back. Mm-hmm. What if, what if I fail? Well, good. Now, you know, yeah. And then you try something else and then you figure it out. Everybody fails. Nobody's perfect. No one's a hundred percent. But those redeeming stories, those phoenix rising from the ashes stories, again, with the lowest point, with back to your mockingbird story where everyone's so low, we failed, we're down here, we're Mm -hmm. in a hard place, and then he comes out. Yeah. So that's what life is made of. Absolutely. Let's talk about your art. Where do you, how would you describe your art? Where do you get your inspiration from? I mean, this is... This is amazing stuff. Like, where's it? Like, what inspires you as an artist? Well, again, back to my story of, you know, being young, being it being hard to communicate with English mm-hmm. or through English. I just loved art because you didn't really have to communicate right in the language. Yeah, visually, like you kind of understand things. Yep, and so. I've always been in love with cartoons and animation and comic strips, uh, Calvin and Hobbes, you know, Peanuts, um, Aladdin, The Little Mermaid, all the classic 2D stuff. I've really loved um, Looney Tunes, Chuck Jones, (laughs) the comic timing in that. Um, All of that just has inspired me. And I've always been interested in art. I started drawing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as early as I can remember. That's amazing. Just just drawing over and over and over. And, and my brother would hate me. <laughs> I would pause, you know, like the VHS. Oh, no. Pause. <laughs> We'd be watching the movie. I'd pause it and then get up there and I'd start. You start like drawing. Sketching and drawing. He's like, oh, my God, can we not get through <laughs> one movie, dude, without you pausing it? And I'm like, wait, I just have to draw this scene. There's just something amazing about it. Mm. And I would, like, spend, like, you know, it wasn't perfect back then. And you had, like, forward and then backwards and pause and and try to get that moment. And then I would just capture it. Whatever I was excited about, I'd pause it and try to capture it. And um, that's what I, I love about drawing, that you're capturing this moment in time or you're creating this moment in time that is going to be there. Like I would watch um, Bob Ross and he'd just paint and happy little trees and, you know, only happy mistakes, you know, only good mistakes. There's no mistakes here. And he'd just be so soothing and encouraging that even if you could never draw like he painted, that's okay. You know, it's okay. And so for me, 2D has always been in my brain and in my head and it just seeps down and when I try to draw something or do a caricature of something it's trying to understand that image but going beyond the image right finding out a story about that person or that thing that I'm drawing and then caring for them and then trying to bring that care and that love into a visual medium so kind of like maybe i I would imagine this how you write like you think of something 
and you try to capture that feeling. Yep. And then you try to transmit it into the words that you're that you're writing. Yeah. So it's very similar. Like every line that you make has to have the joy de vie, the <laughs> that, you know, passion behind it. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then you take it away. And so I don't know if you've seen people draw and, and create caricatures, but they're like they're kind of like like a landing, you know, like an airplane that's trying to land. They're yeah. like going around and around, and then they they lay down that line, you know. After years, after you become a master, then you could do it right yeah. in your head first before you draw the line. Huh. But it's it's just an incredible free form of putting, you know, what's up in your brain and your eye, and then transmitting it down to your hand. And letting it flow through the, through that pencil or through that pen or even digitally through mm. an iPad, yeah. which is how I create most of my art now. But yeah, it's just I've always been interested in art, and I've just never, you know, let it die. A lot of people think or ask, you know, oh man, I wish I'd be that good at a guitar. Or I'd wish I'd be that good at this thing. And it's like, you can be, you just have to put in the work. Yep. The 10,000 hours is no lie. Like you, like Chuck Jones, the uh, animator of Bugs Bunny and the Roadrunner, he say, every, every one of us has a thousand bad drawings in us. So get those out and then get to the good ones. Yep. You know, just put in the work and you'll get there. But a lot of people don't, don't want to put in the work, which is okay. They'll put in the work somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. We don't need to be everything. We can be our own thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I like, one of the things I like about your art, and it's something that I've noticed about myself, is I like simplicity that carries a lot of weight. Mm. And by that, um, a, an example of what I mean is I saw a photo recently. It, it won a photography contest, but it was, and actually this is a, a, an example of the negative space that you were talking about. Um, they they took this aerial shot of this truck driving down a road at night and in the bed of the truck uh were two deer um there was a it was a hunting photo and the only light was coming from the uh, brake light over the truck bed and then the two headlights and then they created all this negative space um you couldn't see anything except just this little halo of light coming from the truck lights the ambient light and then the beams and it was super simple nothing very complicated but every detail was so they considered every detail and so the things that were visible carried a lot of weight like you you see the two harvested deer in the back of this truck and that tells this massive story even though it's pretty straightforward it's pretty simple it's no big mountain it's no forest of aspen trees but you can picture when you look at those two deer all these images just pop into your head when you see them driving out at night that tells you that it was a long day like mm -hmm. all these different things these different simple little elements create this really loud story even though the elements themselves are small and there's not a lot because again it's dark it's at night you can't see a lot and that's one of the things i like about your artwork is it's very simple but you as you were talking about each of those brush strokes or pen strokes or however you, you create them digitally they they all carry a story and it's simplicity that speaks incredibly loudly and that's that's what i love about your artwork and that's what i'm finding 
that I like. That's why I did the 30 days of haikus challenge for myself is because you have to say a lot with a very little amount of characters in the case of a haiku. So yeah, yeah go. definitely. I think creativity is found in the limitations. Mm. And so one of my biggest mentors is, um, um, Miyamoto who created Zelda and super Mario brothers. And he says that if there's no limitations, you won't be able to truly find the creativity in life. And so for him, him being able to limit himself or not being able to limit himself, but when he began, you know, the sprites were very limited. And so he said nowadays it's, you could create anything Mm -hmm. right in video games. But if you don't set limits for yourself, then there's n- there's no creativity in it. And Einstein said, make it as simple as possible without, you know, breaking what what's what you need, you know, right. without yeah, without cutting too much. But you do start with something big or Michelangelo, you know, you start with a stone and then you you break away whatever's not part of it and you only keep what is the statue and so every artist does that every artist takes this endless possibility and then simplifies it as much as they can without losing the meaning Mm -hmm. behind it but making like you said every part of it count every part of it counts if it's too jumbled if it's too crazy i mean some people do like that you know aesthetic but if it is like that there's really not much of a of a creation yeah to that like that image that you were describing they it looks like it's a simple thing but they spent time really trying they envisioned that right yep. they envisioned that they spent time on the helicopter they all this work like you've seen the uh, like uh the chef shows right yeah all the preparation to create what looks like this plate of simple little things. Yep. <laughs> which took five hours, 10 days. Yeah. You know, a lifetime to get to. And now you get to enjoy this simplicity, but it's not really a simplicity. It's, it's a beauty and it's a craftedness that has intention. Absolutely. And that's, it's that intention that makes all the difference. That's what makes that would that's what takes something simple and turns it into something powerful and meaningful and beautiful um and i think robert frost was incredible at that he would take very very short his poetry wasn't you know these long things you know the ones that i enjoy anyway weren't these long poems they're the short ones that carry a lot of weight in each one of the words because they were intentional and he placed them very intentionally yeah. yeah, and it takes a lifetime to master that Absolutely. simplicity. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, man. It's I, it's what makes life worth living. It's that, that lifetime of pursuing one thing, and yeah, it's so cool. It is. Yeah. So uh, I have really enjoyed this conversation, Carlos. This has been a lot of fun. Um, 
you're just an incredible person. I just want to recognize you for putting beauty out into the world and for overcoming um, all the things that you overcame and not quitting and not giving up and finally being here and sharing um, all this goodness with us and making a difference in the world. So thank you for that. It's in, it's incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. No problem. So I like to do this thing with my guests at the end and um, it's totally different than anything we just did. We're going to do some rapid fire questions. Okay. Don't overthink it. Just <laughs> say the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. Beer or wine? Beer. What's your favorite? Um, Heffenweizen's. Cool. If I give you a million dollars right now, what would you do? I would invest. I'd buy a ton of property and live off of the rental. Nice. I like it. What's your most used emoji? You can check your phone if you need to. Uh, it's a... Uh, like this happy face, but he's kind of like embarrassed to be happy. <laughs> yeah. Like with the little red cheeks. Yep. Yeah. What's something new you want to try? Something new I want to try. Going out on a hunt. Ah, yes. We're going to make that happen. It's going to be right. awesome. And we'll share some pictures too. If you could only listen to Justin Bieber or Nicki Minaj for the rest of your life, which one would you pick? Oh my gosh. <laughs> No, I can't. You got to. You gun to your head. I have you well don't... probably Justin Bieber. Okay. But only covers. If oh. he does covers of other people. <laughs> okay. Uh who's your favorite musician, actually? That's a good follow up question to that. My favorite musician, oh my gosh. You gotta you gotta listen Simon to Simon Garfunkel. Really? Yeah. I like it, man. We need to compare music notes at some okay. point. <laughs> yeah. Mine's uh Gordon Lightfoot. Oh, I haven't heard of him. Oh, if you like Simon Garfunkel, you like Gordon okay. Lightfoot. Yeah. Uh, what is one book everyone should read? The Alchemist. Oh, that's on my list. It's, yeah. Uh, who would you want to back you up in a bar fight? Oh my gosh. In a bar fight, uh, George, Jorge, George Masvidal. Yes. That's a good pick. Uh, that's a, he's a fighter, right? That's why I recognize that name. Yeah. Okay. UFC. Okay. He had cool. the fastest knockout. I think it was like five seconds. Okay. I'm not a big UFC fighter, but when you said that name, I was like, that guy sounds like he's a UFC fighter. He is. Cool. sync uh, or Backstreet Boys? Ooh. First 90s folks. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Boys to Men. Okay. Cool. Uh, DC or Marvel? Oh, my God. These are hard questions. These are. <laughs> Dude, you don't know my passion for comic books, but I would have to say Marvel. Okay. If you could have one thing be free forever, what would it be? Pizza. Mm, man after my own heart. <laughs> Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. What would your superpower be? Oh, I do have that. It's a long answer, though. That's okay. My superpower is to be able to go back in history with no YouTube and anything but just listen to people's voices. Ooh. Like I want to listen to Abraham Lincoln. Mm. I want to listen to King David. I want to listen to people that we have no recordings of oh, and just amazing. hear how they talk. Yeah. Um, I've been listening to a lot of stoic philosophy uh, talks recently. And that's one of the things that I keep thinking about is man, to be able to hear Seneca or Marcus Aurelius mm -hmm. or all these, you know, deep thinkers. Yes. Like hear their voices because we have a lot of their writings, but we don't know what they sounded like. Yeah. And how cool would that be? That would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the most played song on your shuffle right now? Most played song. What's the one you're jamming to? 
I only listen to like podcasts and books, but I know I was hung up on Sia's um, Elastic Heart for a while. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. I am stuck on Into the Unknown by, well, oh shoot, there's two people that did it, but the one that I'm listening to is Panic at the Disco. Okay. Yeah. That's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's played probably <laughs> once or twice a day at this point. Um, would you rather watch a TV show or a movie? A movie. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Morning person or night owl? Morning. Wendy's or McDonald's? Wendy's. Uh, who is someone we should all follow on Instagram? Sean McCabe. Sean West. At Sean W-E-S. Okay, Sean West. And then, how do you say this word? Caramel. Good job. <laughs> I was going to say the Spanish one, and I was like... Oh, how do you say it in Spanish? Caramel. Oh, I like it. See, that everything in Spanish just sounds way more exciting and passionate. I don't know <laughs> what it is. Hey, it's one of the romantic languages. That's true. That's probably why. Dude, I have to say, so we talked about, I used to live in California, and I miss the diversity of languages. It was so cool to be, like, <laughs> interacting with people and hear Spanish and Russian and uh, Portuguese and all these other all these other languages. It was so cool. Um, you know, uh, Asian languages, and it was, it's amazing, and I, I miss that a there lot. There is a melting pot for sure. Yeah, it's so cool. All right, uh, two last questions for you. You get to live one day of your life, a specific day. You get to relive it. What day would you pick to go back and relive? It was fifth grade, and we went down to the beach. And it's probably the first time I had ever gone to the beach and explored the tide pools. And my teacher took a candid picture of me. Mm. And I always remember the picture. I don't have it, but I remember the picture, my look of wonder mm. into that, you know, tide pole and I still remember that to this day I like it alright uh, before I ask you the last question uh, plug yourself tell us where we can follow you on social media website if you got one Instagram all that kind of stuff sure Instagram um, at Mr. Dot Carlos dot Joaquin like Joaquin Phoenix mm. and then um, relaunching my website so it should be the same name if not i will post a link in my instagram and yeah that's how you can find me cool right on anything specific you want people to check out while they're you know getting to know you no no okay. just it's it's all there sweet awesome and if people want to hire you is there information to you know hire you to do some artwork for them yeah you could just contact me through instagram direct message me okay cool we'll try to get get you some uh some artistic contracts out there i think that'd be cool to spread the the artwork of carlos around <laughs> um all right so my last question for you and i ask everybody this question what does it mean to live an authentic life what does it mean to live an authentic life to endure the pain and enjoy the wonder of it mm, i love it carlos Again, thank you so much, man, for coming on. I really appreciate it. You've been an awesome guest, and I thank you for putting up with my crazy, hectic schedule and 
uh, we'll have to do this again. I Absolutely. Think, I feel like we could have talked for a couple more hours. So No problem. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I love you guys. Thanks for keeping me company today. See ya. Hey, friends. Me again. Just a quick reminder that if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you prefer. See ya.